Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hello, and welcome to another Soccer to the Max. As uh, Finally, there's something else to talk about besides the presidential elections that are happening in about a month from now, actually. Uh, as the U.S. soccer social media and pretty much the, the U.S. soccer world has come tumbling down because one man decided to go from playing for the U.S. men's national team to Mexico, that would be uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, literally the shitstorm that went down as the news was going to happen that, that he would make this decision. It's, some t- it's, it's just weird, but uh, I get it. I get it. That's, the, that's more of the problems of why failing to make the World Cup is a big deal, but we'll get into that. Uh, you got some injury news for both the men and women's U.S. US national teams that are playing in January, and uh, the men's roster got named since last time we did a show, so we could talk about that too, plus some other moves happening in club world for MLS and NWSL and stuff, but uh, Rachel, how are you doing? I'm here, and um, I just have to say from last week's show, Eric, my dear friend, I congratulate you and your Jaguars for beating the Bills, but it's it's going down this week, brother. It's going down. Big match. This is where my reluctant homerism comes in. History is on our side. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> History schmistery. To be fair, I have the Steelers and Vikes in the Super Bowl, so... Thank you, Rachel, Sean. Rachel would... Uh... Went out there, I guess, for me. But we'll see. We'll see how this goes down uh, on uh, on Sunday. But we're here to talk about the other football on uh, on this evening. The better football. The, the, the football where I may not have a team to root for locally. Why not? Oh well, yeah, true. You may not. <laughs> We'll get into that, too, because the NESO has lost another team and could lose another one, even though I haven't heard much else on that today. But we'll see how that goes. 
Let, let's get into this, uh, even though it's probably the older of the news that's been going on. It is the biggest of the news, I guess, in this American soccer offseason that's happening. Jonathan Gonzalez decides to make the one-time switch to Mexico. He's now cap-tied. And I don't think, yeah, it's it's whether he plays or not. He is, he's cap-tied there. There's so many logical reasons as to why he did this, but are you guys angry too, or do you kind of get his point? No, I'm I'm not I'm not angry. I it's the same thing with you know the German players, the Colombians, the other Mexican players, you name it. I think U.S. soccer fans can be a little too critical. In the sense of, well, on one side it's, hey, you're playing for us and you're a dual national, but are you really, um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for here. Are you really dedicated enough? Committed, invested. Yeah, exactly. And then on the other side it's, oh, well, then you're a total traitor if you go somewhere else. It's it, You can't win if you're a dual national. That's very true. You can't win because you got to think about it from the perspective of Mexico. They're also going after him hard. What do you think the Mexican people on that end would be saying right now if he didn't go play with Mexico? They'd be pretty much feeling the same thing, right? Even though for them, maybe it's not that big a deal because they have so many Mexican players coming through and really good ones that at the end of the day... It's a bigger loss for the U.S. I think we have to admit that, especially because he's a guy playing well in Liga MX. He's not playing in MLS. He's not playing for some, you know, team in Norway or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying he he's playing for a, a pretty good team in, in Liga MX, and that make that's that's something to be said there. So I can understand people's frustrations. But I mean, do, do we? Is there someone to – is it all about missing the World Cup or is there a bigger issue at hand as to why this is a problem? Because, I mean, obviously this is not the first guy that said, okay, I'm going to go play for another – I'm not going to play for the U.S. I'm going to go play for Italy. I'm going to go play for Bosnia. I'm going to go play for, uh, you know, Germany or some other bigger country. I think to me, it seems like the biggest issue is instability. I mean, I can date this back not just to the presidential elections, but to go back to Jurgen Klinsmann's firing, then it was okay, Bruce Arena's just a stopgap measure. And then with the stopgap measure, yes, not making the World Cup was a tremendous part, but there was no real concrete plan after that it's like okay we're going to have bruce arena until after qualifying or after the world cup and nobody asked or nobody answered the question of then what now you have all of this chaos and players and other top brass and other big names within u.s soccer going at each other just for the sake of this election and throwing out different ideas. It's like, why would you risk not getting caps? You don't know who you're playing for. You know you're not playing in any big events for any time soon. 
So you figure, why risk dealing all that if you're going into the peak of your career when you've got other teams, big-time teams, chasing you, saying, hey, you can play for us. Why don't you play for us? Spots open. We're going to do everything we can to make sure you can succeed and you're a star. It's a no-brainer. What do you think, Rachel? Is there something deeper in play here? Well, I think it goes back to you can't win. And, I mean, I I think you made a really good point, too, Sean. I wonder what, if he would have played for the the United States, what would the Mexican fans say? When all of the German-Americans decide to come to our side, what were the Germans saying when Christian Pulisic decided he wanted to come play for the United States? I'm sure the Croatians were a little salty about that, but you can't win. And he's going to, and he knows that. I think he knew that, especially with the rivalry between the United States and Mexico. He knew, well, if I pick one or the other, I'm still not going to win. But it's all about what he feels is best and what's going to help his development. So I want to bring up uh, something that uh, Brad Rothenberg, who has known Jonathan Gonzalez and his family for five years or more, he's asked this question uh, by Soccer America about, is it the fault of the Federation and the coaches as to why he's not there? And he gives a pretty uh, big answer here. I'm going to try to surmise this, but... He does start out by saying that if anybody at U.S. Soccer thinks they did enough to keep him, they should resign before the new Federation president fires them. Our Federation lost Jonathan either by its own arrogance, apathy, or incompetence. You pick it. We screwed up. And he's pretty angry about it. Uh, the feder- he basically says that the Federation neglected uh, his community and that... Uh, this is a federation that's also still considering not doing wholesale changes, but yet we're still losing uh, talent here. Uh, this is also, you know, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but this is also coming from the news that there's only one full-time scout in the entire U.S. Soccer Federation, which is really embarrassing. Uh, considering this is a, you know, this is a pretty big country with some big money. You can only afford to have one full-time scout? I mean... That's probably part of the reason, too, is uh, he also thinks that, you know, Tab Ramos is to blame here. Uh, he, he mentions some other guys, but he also mentions, you know, Juan Carlos Osorio and the Mexican Federation going after him pretty hard, which it didn't always feel like the U.S. Soccer Federation was, you know, because they had all their own drama going on that they weren't really focused on. Hey, let's make sure we keep some of these guys. So I mean, do you do you sense his frustration here that this comes down to the same reasons why they didn't make it to the World Cup because they're not focused on the right things? I think not having a set head coach also needs to be added in there because I mean, take Juan Carlos Osorio and Dave Sarachan, and you put those two names next to each other. I want to play for Juan Carlos Osorio. Any day of the week. 
and you're right. I think going to the World Cup has a lot of stuff to do with it. Mexico's going, we're not. But the United States, it's not a it's not a solid foundation right now in terms of the men's national team. We have an interim head coach. There is confusion and frustration among players who's staying, who's going, who's probably seen their last appearance for the national team. I think there's way too much uncertainty, and I think he saw that and decided to jump ship to Mexico. What do you think, Eric? I mean, I completely get it. It's not just all of the arrogance and hubris, everything that he described, but Rachel pointed it out, and I pointed it out uh, not too long ago. No said head coach. A country as big as ours, as rich as ours, opts not to invest the resources, which is why we only have one full-time scout. It, this just shows, okay, what does the U.S. Soccer Federation really care about? Is it just everything with our domestic game? Is it trying to prove that, oh, like our basketball team, or for the longest time our baseball teams, we can just ride by to tremendous international success just because we invented the game or we made the game big? Is this the kind of attitude that the Federation really has? It appears that way, and it's coming back to bite us hard. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned it too, the instability with you don't even know who the U.S. soccer president is going to be. That's a big deal too because he's the one, along with whatever else, other council is going to be involved here, who chooses who is coaching during this first period where Jonathan Gonzalez would be presumably playing for the U.S. So that's a big deal. And, you know, mm -hmm. until we know, and then, you know, the, these, these candidates can say what they want to say before you get in. Right. But it's not just, I wave a magic wand and all this stuff starts happening. They've got to go through all the politics and talk to the right people and get these people to pass these bylaws that they want, whether a lot of it affects Jonathan Gonzalez or not, in order to change what you want for U.S. soccer to be in the future. It just really depends on who's in there. And then obviously who's in there is going to – what if they choose a coach that – doesn't even pick Jonathan Gonzalez or, or is just picking him and doesn't play him. And, and he feels like he still wasted his time because he's never getting on the pitch, which you feel like would be kind of not happening considering, you know, they're not going to the World Cup. So there's no rush to keep playing veterans or anything like that. But still, that those possibilities are always there. Everybody has their favorites or their guys or, or whatever. And it could happen to him, but I still feel like at the end of the day, this guy made the decision he wants for himself. And you look at two different dudes, Jonathan Gonzalez, he's going to possibly get to not only make the team for Mexico, maybe there's a chance that he doesn't. There's always injuries that could happen or, or anything else. 
and play in a World Cup, whereas, you know, Christian Pulisic doesn't get to, and he's the, the shining star that everybody's looking at, and maybe he sees that and goes, do I want to go through what all those other guys are going to have to go through now? And especially considering how much do you really care about the Gold Cup, you're not playing in a tournament that really matters until maybe the Confed Cup, if they even have that in 2021. So that's a long time not to play something that really, really matters outside of World Cup qualifying games. Yeah, a long time. And again, these are your peak years. They are. So would you rather start out your peak years playing a meaningful tournament and having opportunities in at least a couple of other tournaments, one of them big time, and going through very meaningful qualifying phases, or just sitting and watching the clock? That's uh, that's an important thing. And I, look, this is going to go on, and there's so many little nuances you can put on this, I feel like. But look, we can blame people every second of this entire podcast. The thing is, it's not going to – we could sit here and put blame on whoever, but until there's actual change that happens, none of that really matters, and it's not going to change what Gonzalez has decided to do. So I feel like we're just kind of continuing on and, and and we'll be talking about things that kind of don't necessarily matter so much it, until changes start happening, until there's a president appointed, until there's a new coach appointed and, and things really start going in motion. Because right now Dave Serkins is kind of, okay, we're picking guys we think we should and we'll get into that team in just a second. And and we'll go play Mexico, go play Bosnia, Herzegovina, and let's see what happens in March when we got to play soccer games again. So, looking at this roster, I feel pretty good about it, you know, uh, looking at it in general. I mean, obviously Dom Dwyer is hurt, so, yeah, it takes one guy out of things, and Always sucks to see him not ha- not get to play because he's he was one of the better ones at the Gold Cup and he obviously enjoys uh, playing for his country here. But what did you guys think of the roster when you saw it? Mm, it's one of the better rosters we have considering what's going on. On. I mean, yeah, I would love to see Dwyer get more caps, especially with his performance at the Gold Cup. But aside from him, hoping he gets better and tries to dazzle me and everyone else at Orlando City, I look at everything and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, Paul Ariola is the only guy that was on the uh, Toretta and Tobago squad that's on this team here everybody else is a mixture from being at the under 20 world cup the gold cup and you got 15 guys that had never been capped is that encouraging for you rachel yeah and i really like that justin glad is on there danny acosta i think defense is where 
the United States needs some younger guys. Ike Opara, I like him on there. But um, I will always be mad seeing Juan Agudelo on the roster. He just hasn't done anything for me. And he hasn't done anything at the national level. He hasn't done anything at the club level. So until I see more. And also, kind of a head-scratcher to why Alex Bono is on there. He hasn't... Um, or no, he has done much. I'm thinking of Clint Irwin. Never mind. I'm glad to see Alex Bono on there. Totally flip-flop my Toronto FC goalkeepers. But I want Zach Steffen to start in goal because he's just been incredible. Yeah, let's hope he does. I could see them going with Hamid in one of the games just to have that experience. And, I mean, I think that's fine at the end of the day. But I feel like if you got two games, you got to try out both keepers. I think it would be kind of a crime if Stefan doesn't play in one of them. Uh, glad to see Jordan Morris back after, you know, having the, the injury that, that sidelined him for most of the end of the season and playoffs. And uh, Justin Morrill getting a shot is I'm, – I'm always happy to see that. Minnesota United's, like, one good player, Christian Ramirez. Yeah, it's about time Christian Ramirez gets called in, so – Hey, you made the big team, don't you know? Hey, Russell Canoose, another DC United guy gets put in too. So, yeah, there you go, Eric. Yeah, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) How did we not know that was coming? That that was, you know it had to be coming. It was a great time. It just, Ben, I don't even know where to set the bar after hearing this news for next season. Just, just Wait, what news are we talking about? Well, it's a hearing him and one of our good players. You have someone that's good enough talent to be called to the U.S. Men's National Team who's going to get at least a cap, maybe two, in all of this after I had to suffer through this season Damn it, Ben! Just oh. <laughs> poor, poor Eric. He really has to deal with a lot with Ben. It's uh. Why can't I just go back to the days when I was celebrating guys like Risto Storchkov and Marco Etcheverry? Why can't I get those days back? Uh. Because it's the past? Mm, flux capacitor. <laughs> Can you go back to 1985? Now that you think of it, oh no, that would be too disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this is exciting. Um, I'm glad to see that they're uh, and they get to play two games as well. So hopefully they give as many guys a chance to play as as possible. Um, Marky Delgado getting to be on here is also very very interesting because he played awesome for Toronto FC last season. So hopefully he gets capped, even though none of these matter, you know. Uh, but still. It, what matters is encourage, seeing encouraging play on with uh, both games that they play. And, yeah, let's move over to the women's side because uh, Becky Sauerbrunn 
big injury what do you uh what do you think i mean this is this is our you know one of the captains of the the women's team i mean how much does this hurt rachel she's their like biggest captain too and you know people always think carly lloyd carly lloyd but i mean and we talked about this before like with the um unionized and and stuff like that she's been their like big leader so to not even have her at camp is gonna be a is gonna be a bit of a culture shock i think um again you don't have another veteran player like tobin heath there because she's injured morgan bryan's also out but um jill could have Allie krieger there taking becky's spot but she won't budge because jill hates me Jill, Eric, help me out here. Jill, I mean, really, two and two, it adds up to four. Come on now. Why are you coming up with three? (laughs) (laughs) I like that, Eric. I like that. See? Oh, Kirk Cousins is going to come and uh, file some kind of suit on us or something. You know what the best part about the game, though, on the 21st is? Is the fact that Hope Solo is getting recognized for her 200th cap. I cannot wait to see the look on Jill Ellis's face. Oh, you know what would have been better if they actually let her play in the game. But Yeah. I'm, I'm putting an over-under at a 40-second stare-down between those two. <laughs> I feel like you'll get that whole, all right, let's be nice for the cameras. And then you get the, like, oh, I want to, like, stab you right now. But Hope I so never played nice. Are you kidding me? That's why I said it's going to be a 40 She might, though, because she's running for U.S. soccer president, so. No, good point. You know, if she wants to make it past, like, the first round of voting, she, that might be one of those things you want to make sure you're doing, because you're going to have to do that a lot. Just, yeah, it's interesting. That, that's going to be... Interesting, how much do they bring up the past with all the crazy stuff on TV beforehand? Because you know that's going to come up a bunch of times. But, yeah, I, I think that'll be the big, one of the big, it's sad because that'll be one of the big talking points. And if it goes south for some reason, you know, it'll be more important in the game. And that kind of, I guess sucks for the people that are taking their time to play and all that. Speaking of one of the women that are actually there at the camp right now, Allie Long is finding out that she uh, is going to have a new team. And Tobin uh, Heath is heartbroken. Yeah, Allie Long is going to Seattle Reign in exchange for Caitlin Ford. I hope that's still how you say her name. It's two O's, so I'm going to assume it's still the same. Uh, going to Seattle in exchange, she's 23 from Australia. They get her rights. Uh, is it for sure she's coming? Or is it they're thinking she's going to come? I think I think she's going. Yeah, they... I mean, I think it's a good trade and... 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And just in fairness, but I don't know. It's, that's a big loss for Portland to be without LA Long. Yeah, and Portland, I'm not sure exactly how they would reload from this, but it's going to definitely be interesting to see, because now it's just like, okay, we're a big powerhouse, and now what? (laughs) It also doesn't help when you've already lost Nadia Nadim in the offseason, too, and I mean, God only knows when Tobin Heath's going to come back. Yeah, it's going to start off on kind of gimpy end of the season, but I think they've still got enough talent they'll be able to, you know, overcome this. Plus, you know, Ford is a good player they're getting back, so I think it's just, it's always that adjustment period you have to deal with, but I think for the most part, just uh, I guess good that NWSL keeps making these moves, you know. Not only gives us it to talk about, but it's uh, good for the league to generate interest as well. I think the last thing that I had on here for us to talk about is good old NASL. Oh, God. (laughs) They lose another team to the USL as Indy 11 uh, leaves. Uh, They start to figure out their stadium situation. But this is really not helping. Helping. I can't talk today. Uh, <laughs> this is really not helping the NASL's case I was, against. I was, letting, I was letting that go too, Sean. <laughs> and keep in mind, folks, I'm the one who had beer before the broadcast. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, it's been a long day today. I I, I think the the even bigger telltale sign is the whole changing of the calendar and them trying to make a big deal out of changing the calendar as if it's not like we're really just trying to give the league the best chance we can to possibly play because that means that we're waiting longer for this lawsuit. (laughs) They're, They're literally just grasping for straws at this point. But gee, like they now have, what five teams? I mean, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, and the USL has like thirty six, thirty five now. I don't even know how the USL is going to schedule 
And trust me, as someone who's dealing with a four and five team league, it's just best if you cut bait now because it just won't work. Well, they just, what makes no sense is going to the USL for a minute. They announced Nashville SC. And then, of course, there was that hype with Nashville getting that MLS team in 2019. But then they added a team in Memphis that's going to start playing in 2019. Why do you need a team in Memphis? Well, it does <laughs> create a rivalry with Nashville. Oh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> that, that's what I have to say to that. <laughs> I mean, USO has I, not I, been shy about adding teams at all. I ate all that crow for nothing. You know how hard <laughs> it is to get that out of your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I, I hope that it's out of your teeth by now. Thankfully, yes. I, I just have uh, needed a lot of picks. <sighs> I mean, they're cheap, so True. Yeah, at least at least you you know weren't wasting too much money there. But I feel like, and then supposedly even after the Indy Eleven deal there was rumors going around that another team may switch as well i'm just sitting here going so at some point it's just gonna be miami and cosmos sitting there going hey we're still the nasl like everybody else is gone i mean like i don't know why the armada keeps sitting here putting their boat in nasl when things are not looking good at all that's because poor, well, that's because poor Robert Palmer, who is a big financial guy here in town, he's a nice dude, helps pay your clothes and cost if you're getting a house. He's, he's completely oblivious. Seeing him in those commercials, wearing the Armada jerseys, saying, go Armada, and I just look on a smile on his face and his quiet voice, and I think, mm, poor man got in completely over his head. He didn't see this coming. He feels stuck. And that's where he is. They couldn't get arrangements for playing downtown at a baseball field. They got almost no draw, only 3,000 fans at a soccer field at my alma mater. Uh... I just don't think anybody around here knows what to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, up in Edmonton, they just ceased operations. That's because they knew better. They've got the Canadian Soccer League coming in. They've got football. They've got hockey. They've even got a arena football coming into town. Skype hates you today, Eric. Oh, bugger. Were you able to catch any of that last part? No. Alright. Let me see if I can move rooms real quick. Yeah, I was hoping I could get away from doing all of this in my den, but eh, no. Well... I mean, the Armada also have the whole, they're not playing unless NASL wins the lawsuit appeal. So. Well, of course, because if they 
they don't have anywhere else really to go. We're not really a big soccer market. I mean, we're right now have at least a decent reputation as a sports town, but what other league would take them in? USL wouldn't take them? I mean... What would USL do with a team in Jacksonville? Same thing they do with teams in other places? I mean, they have 35 teams. I, again, at this point, if they have 35 teams, just do a single round robin and have, a, like, a top 16 playoff, done. Easiest schedule you could have. Well, the big thing within the 11 is that they had some of the top attendance in NASL for the entire season uh, last exactly. year. Exactly. Exactly. And the Armada didn't. When we were playing at the baseball grounds, we could get eight, nine, ten thousand on a good day. You move them over to a completely different part of town. Yes, where they were at the University of North Florida and Hodges Stadium, it's very easy to get to. Almost in the center of town, not far from downtown, so it works. But at the same time, there is no hype. For almost any events at that stadium, unless it's international, which has happened before. So if you're going out of the way, yes, you're better parking and everything, but you're bound to draw three, four thousand fans. And that's what the Armada did. So in a way, that's why I applaud Edmonton with all their other sports teams and all the other Canadian leagues trying to come in and say, "Ah, we're okay. We're good without the NASL. I just wonder about Puerto Rico. Like, what are you doing? I mean, your country's got real life issues going on. You have a chance to. I mean, I understand that Puerto Rico's, you know, also baseball uh, central, but you have a chance to go over to USL if you want to. I don't know if that's necessarily an option or not, but. If you want to keep those players being able to play and being able to keep them in business, I'd imagine that sticking with a league that's slowly but surely not going anywhere doesn't help you at all. I mean, between the waters receding, issues with dams, half the island being without power, and now all of the SAMs on the island closing... Uh, if I'm Puerto Rico, I'm like, okay, NASL isn't working. Let's regroup here. Let's not have a team. And we'll try USL maybe for 1920 if we absolutely have to. Because they've got a lot of bigger stuff to fix at home first. Yeah, but don't those guys need jobs? True, and I mean, release them and maybe get them jobs with other teams. I don't know how any sort of loan situation would work with them, but. Yeah, true. I mean, you. It, it's going to be interesting if somebody else moves, but I feel like if you get stuck, I mean, you could play with four teams, I guess. This is also including the new, uh, the new team that's coming in. But, goodness, I mean... It would be stupid. 
in good trust luck with drawing people to see that, I guess. It, it would be very, very stupid and very inefficient. And I've dealt with enough inefficiency in sports leagues in my life. <laughs> you know, you talked about the amount of teams, uh, Rachel. There's going to be five teams. Uh, you know, they had 30 last year. There's the 35 teams. Those five just got added for this year, including Indy 11. So Indy 11... NCFC, which is also coming from over from uh, NASL. Fresno FC, which is now the new Whitecaps affiliate because they dropped their Whitecaps too. Las Vegas Lights, let's not forget about them. And Nashville as well that we talked about before. So, yeah, lots of, lots of new happening for USO in 2018. I feel like they were just... They're filling this up because, again, we got to remember they're trying to get that USL 1, USL 2 thing going as well. So the more right. teams they have in the league, the easier it is for them to break that up whenever they do decide to start doing that. Exactly, because if you figure with these teams, say the last remnants of the NASL come over to the USL, that's 40. At that point, the USL would have options. Say, instead of just, oh, two divisions of 20, you could go three divisions. It would be, I guess, a first division would have 12, second division maybe with 12, third division with 16. Yeah, you could... Uh, you could make the 16 the first division, too. Uh, it just depends on them, because I think they wanted to do, you know, promotion relegation within the league itself, so. Yeah, well, that's why you would do either 12-12-16 or 12-14-14. You want to make that first, because all over the world, your first division is typically on the smaller end. Is even in England, yes, the Premier League has 20, but you look at the Skybet League Championship, League 1, League 2, they've got 24. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then you got whatever is going to be happening with Nisa as well, if there's going to be something going on there. So, yeah, and then, of course, the NASO has to get involved with the whole we don't like this U.S. soccer election and we want to we want to sit here and give our, our thoughts on things. So, you know, U.S. soccer CEO <laughs> this is funny, this differs at with the U.S. soccer and NASL. Let's just get to the point where it's like it feels like your little brother uh, bothering you uh, while you're trying to get something more important done. <laughs> so, like, the biggest gripe NASL had for a while was the whole, well, Steve Malik no longer owns an NASL team. Why is he still on the board? And Flynn just says, why does Malik not having an NASL team mean he can't be on the board anymore? Uh, he hasn't done anything wrong. So, 
what we need to give you a seat on the board, basically just because you're NASL. <laughs> oh, that's just mm-hmm. one of them. Of course, he bought. He they hate the thing with Kathy Carter, which that's the one I have a problem with, just because again, Galati and Garber deciding to like go all in with her is, you know, that, that's a problem in itself. But yeah, I he uh, they want some kind of third party to conduct the election, which maybe that's not such a bad idea. In this that, case, that's the perfect idea. Of course, this also means that you know U.S. Soccer would have to say that they're they're doing FIFA stuff. Which let's hope if you're one of the countries going after FIFA. You're doing things the right way. Mm. Invoking the FIFA name, though, wouldn't, for all the reasons that you kind of alluded to, it wouldn't be the best tactic. (laughs) So that would just kind of make things even worse. And this one's also weird, too, the way that they allocate professional council delegates. Because MLS is bigger, it has 57%. And then NWSO has 18, USO has 20, and NASO has 4. Yeah, yeah. Who came up with that math? Who would the... Well, I mean, NASL also has the smallest number of teams, so... No, I get that part. I... Oh, God. None of this is making any sense. I I guess that's what NASL's gripe is, right? That none of this really makes sense? Yeah. I kind of see their point. Other than the whole Steve Malik thing, all this sort of makes sense of, like, well... Why don't all the leagues have clear representation? Flynn says the allocation of professional council delegates is based on a formula in place since 2009, and representatives of the NASL and USL agreed to the formula since 2013. Uh, NASL can change its mind, but they had a chance to reject the proposition. So... I mean, he has a point there. Yeah, you do kind of screw yourself in these situations, but I don't know. I think all of this, that does take away from the NASL's argument, but at the same time, why are you that far back in the pack? (sighs) You know, it's just... Again, that whole thing that NESL hurts themselves with uh, losing teams and all this. And I think that, again, part of that's also, it's rather clear sometimes that, you know, I'm sure MLS has a lot to do with, you know, why things are the way they are. They don't want NESL having power at all because it hurts MLS, right? And it doesn't bother USL that much because, you know, MLS and USL kind of work together. 
whereas NS NASL is really standing by itself, so, you know, continuing to lower their power in the, in the council, and then, of course, they don't help themselves by doing that on the field, so. No, they really don't. I, I just, all of this is making me wonder, I get why the NASL existed to begin with, but nothing seems like it was thought through at all. And I think now that everything's come to a head, everything just seems to be exploding. Yeah, I think it's also NASL is grasping at anything to remain relevant when... If this lawsuit keeps going the way it is and they keep losing teams, does it really matter how much no. they have on the council? I mean, I mean, at this point, again, with four teams, are you even really a league? I mean, technically, you have an even number of teams they could play, but, you know, again, I think they're going to do anything they, well, they have five teams with the with that new team coming in, but they have, again, they're, they're already delaying the season to try to get that lawsuit passed. Cause if they don't, then they're down to four teams because their armada wouldn't be playing. It, it's really complicated for them right now, but knowing com- how Silva and Camiso work, I could see them just saying, you know what? Hell with it. We're doing it. We're doing the four team league. Just yeah. because. But, I don't even know how that would be organized. I mean, at four teams, you could maybe scramble together, oh, Lord, an 18-game schedule? Anything beyond that would be ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I don't think they can play that many games because you're playing the same teams over and over I exactly. imagine that the fans would kind of get annoyed with it, but exactly. And then what do you do? Do you not even have playoffs? You just have the two best teams. You have a final, and there you go. In fact, that would be it. Just bing, bang, boom. I mean, this isn't like the beginnings of the South Korea's league, where they only had six teams, yet they still played forty games. They changed that real quick. Yeah, it's, this is, it, we all, we got to see, because if one of these other teams leave that's not the Armada, if Puerto Rico, let's say that they're that rumored team or something, or I don't know if it's the new team, perhaps, deciding before we even get started, let's go to the USL, and you're at four, could possibly, you cannot possibly play with three teams. No. So they get and, anything and, less than four, they're out. Yeah, because... And I mean, you even think about it. This expansion team, who's to say that they're not already talking with USL? Armada, they're entirely lawsuit dependent. Then you have Puerto Rico and all their problems. At this point, you said it yourself. It could just be down to Miami and the Cosmos. And then what could they do? They've burned all of their bridges. 
well, I just can't see Camiso joining USL out of spite. You know, out of saying, no, 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 no way are we going with them after all the stuff I've been through and all that, whatever. He said he would fight that lawsuit till he couldn't fight no more. So let's uh, yeah, good, see if. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I mean, hey, he's got the money. I guess why not? But I, I'd assume that the court will just keep whatever comes down in this ruling will probably just it'll just keep happening. I just don't see a way for them if if this this one doesn't go down their way. Yeah, there there really is none. And yeah, you even have the money, but at some point you have to say, okay, is this making sense? Uh, yeah. well, you know what? Sometimes I wonder if Camiso cares whether something makes sense or not. <laughs> so, you know, because sometimes, you, yeah, look, these claims that he made, there's some substance to them. But they're the worst league to try to go claim all this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's the problem at the end of the day with, with all that. But all right. I think that's going to do it for us here on this one. Uh, Rachel had to step out for a family thing. Uh, so Eric and I are just going to end the show here. I appreciate you listening to us. If you like what you heard. Uh, we will probably, again, be more scattershot as this offseason continues. But once there's a lot to talk about in one show, we'll, we'll do like we did here, do a show. If you, you liked it, hit subscribe on Soccer to the Max. You'll get whatever uh, show we do. And you can also subscribe to the whole W2 Network as well. You get every show that I host or, you know, the Football to the Max show that Eric and I are both on. Uh, you can listen to Eric on the kickoff with uh, some other guys on our network. And uh, plenty of stuff there for you. Visit W2Net.com where uh, Rachel will sometimes write an article. And we'll probably get started with our World Cup team previews here pretty soon uh, as well. At least getting them organized. I don't know. I don't think we're going to start posting them until uh, much later when, when the World Cup gets closer. But that's going to be uh, fun and informative for us to do here pretty soon and also just uh hey uh, we're a month out again from new u.s soccer president so i'm sure the news will start getting hot and heavy pretty soon more mls and nwsl moves happening and of course more coming out of these training camps for both the men and uh women's soccer u.s soccer teams so keep it glued to whatever soccer news place you use and until we are around next time see you later everybody peace the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.